Welcome, Merry Christmas, and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. When we think about our lives, we can see complexity and richness. So many things compete for our time and attention. First Pres Executive Coordinator Jenny Sung addresses this in her sermon today. Hi everyone, I'm Jenny Sung. I'm the campus pastor to The Vine as well as Executive Coordinator at First Pres. It is an honor to share God's word with you today. Christmas is a miraculous time when we're a reminder of the impossible becoming possible. Even in secular culture, the holiday season is saturated with movies and stories of signs and wonders of the Christmas season, right? The Christmas spirit fueling Santa's sleigh, flying reindeer, spreading Christmas cheer for all to hear. You probably heard the slogan, feel the magic of Christmas. I would agree that Christmas can feel magical, and it's not just because of the mistletoe and sparkly lights as beautiful as they are. It is because of a very specific miracle. The birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord, God of the universe, who is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present, would become human in Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, God stepped into our brokenness to conquer sin, to conquer death, for unto us a child is born, the Messiah. Today's message focuses on a song response by Mary, the mother of Jesus, who understood this miraculous revelation of God's promise and what that meant for the world, for us. This revelation makes her sing out loud, magnifying the Lord. In honor of God's word, will you please stand with me, if able, as I read our passage for today. This is when Mary is united with her cousin Elizabeth, who's actually six months pregnant with John the Baptist. Their exchange results in a song called the Magnificat, because it's the Latin translation of that first word in the first verse. I'm reading from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Mary's song magnifies the Lord and exalts the character of our God, Many have called the Magnificat a revolutionary song because of its opposition to worldly power. God cares for the lowly, the oppressed, the poor. He opposes the proud and lifts up the humble. He fills the hungry with good things. God is an advocate for the powerless. 
The Magnificat draws heavily from Old Testament themes of redemption and freedom and justice, and Mary's song reflects a deep love of Scripture. As a devout young woman of God, she would have been familiar with God's word, recited and even sung in homes and in celebrations. I would imagine the Mary who ponders to have rich times of devotion and prayer with her God. Mary is a person of deep faith and knows that God is true to his promises. He is worth magnifying more than any circumstance or situation she's about to face. There are many things in life that we can magnify. Yes, we can magnify ourselves or the problems of this world, wealth or possessions, status and titles. The world tends to magnify those with great power and wealth, influence, or even looks. Magazine spreads of the 50 most beautiful people in the world, Forbes billionaire list. Our selfie culture magnifies the importance of image and how we appear more than ever. The number of online articles and posts about taking good selfies or creating the best Zoom background to give a great impression or how to design your bookshelf behind you is absolutely astounding. There's actually a Twitter account called Bookcase Credibility, and it says, what you say is not as important as the bookcase behind you. <laughs> It's true. It actually exists. In an era of massive connection and accessibility in our world, even things that don't mean to get magnified can explode and go viral, right? It gets magnified. Like this video of a professor who was just trying to do a serious interview on relations between North and South Korea on the BBC News. Many of you may have seen this viral video called BBC Dad. Professor Robert Kelly, who was interrupted by his kids and wife when he forgot to lock the door during his live interview with BBC News. Scandals happen all the time. The question is, how do democracies respond to those scandals? Uh, and what will it mean for, uh, for the wider region? I think one of your children has just walked in. I mean, shift, shifting, shifting sands in the region, do you think relations with the North may change? Um, I would be surprised if they do. <laughs> the, um, Pardon me. That's right, Pardon me. My apologies. What was this going to be for the region? My apologies. North, uh, sorry. Um, North Korea, North, uh, South Korea's policy choices on North Korea have been severely limited in the last six months to a year. My favorite part is like the wife like sliding in through the door and and I'm not sure this is like the best way just to get rid of your child. This video was so popular that people started making copycat videos of it. Jimmy Fallon did it. I mean talk shows would like break down every second of what happened. Uh, the family was interviewed about it and and for a while BBC dad had to turn off all notifications on his phone. I mean it was just blowing up. He would put his phone on airplane mode and he said for a while he didn't even go near his phone because it was just magnified so much. And can you imagine if all of your mistakes were magnified on video? <laughs> oh the things we love to magnify. Now, I'm not saying that funny videos are bad, right? I mean, we had our great laugh of the day. And even selfies or social media per se, I'm not saying it's all bad. But this world will compete for our attention. Each and every day we're bombarded with images and stories. Every day we are influenced by the things around us. 
And the world will dictate what is worthy to be magnified, what's worthy to be shared, to be elevated. And we have to make the choice each and every day. Who and what will we magnify in our life? Is it ourselves, maybe our agendas, even our attitudes, maybe our problems? How much do we magnify the things of this world? And here's the big question. How much of God do we magnify in our lives? How much of God do we magnify each and every day? You know, my best friend introduced me to this song by a Christian band called Casting Crowns. And the song is entitled, What the World Needs. The lyrics, when I read them, are what just hit me. Here's a portion of the lyrics. What this world needs is for us to care more about the inside than the outside. Have we become so blind that we can't see God's got to change your heart before he changes the shirt? What this world needs is for us to stop hiding behind our relevance, blending in so well that people can't see the difference. People aren't confused by the gospel. They're confused by us. This world doesn't need my tie, my hoodie, my denomination, or my translation of the Bible. They just need Jesus. What this world needs is a savior who will rescue, a spirit who will lead, a father who will love them in their time of need, a savior who will rescue, a spirit who will lead, a father who will love. That's what this world needs. And maybe parts of the song feels harsh, but I think it drives home the point that the best we can do in this world, the best we can do is magnify the Lord more than anything else. What the world needs is for more of God's kingdom to be magnified, his purposes, his goodness, his forgiveness, his mercy. As we read today's passage, we see someone who could have easily magnified the problems Mary would face. Mary had received the biggest news of her life, news of a pregnancy before marriage. This news would warrant scorn and shame, judgment, and maybe even stoning at that time. Few would find it hard to believe that it was through the power of the Holy Spirit that she had conceived, and even Joseph, the godly man she was engaged to, didn't believe her when she told him until an angel came to visit him. Mary had a choice of who and what she would magnify. Learning of her precarious situation, Mary could magnify the world or magnify her God. She could go down the road of worry and dread, of oh no's and what ifs. What if people find out and what if I'm an outcast and oh no, what if, if people judge me? She could magnify the fear and what people would say or she could magnify her God. And from a deep well of faith, Mary chooses God. A song of praise comes out of her lips to fill the atmosphere. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She leans into her faithful God and sings his promises out loud. We all need the Magnificat in our lives, this banner of hope, 
Mary's song is a reminder for anyone who feels the pressure between the world and God, for anyone who feels oppressed or hungry, destitute, or in need of a savior, a savior who will rescue, a savior who will lead, a father who will love us in our time of need. When we feel trapped in our circumstances, overwhelmed with the struggles that seem insurmountable, we know we have Jesus who came into the world for the broken and the lost. When Jesus was here on earth doing this ministry, he himself read this Old Testament passage from the book of Isaiah. And as he read this, when he finished, he said, today this word has been fulfilled. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has appointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release from darkness for the prisoners. This was from Isaiah 61, verse 1. Now Satan the devil wants you to believe that God is nothing more than a slogan on a t-shirt and that the power of miracles we heard about even today through John Giles' testimony, the power of miracles we read about in the Bible doesn't exist today, they're not real. In a book about angels called Angels by the evangelist Billy Graham, Satan is described as once an angel of light. Before the rebellion, he was called Lucifer. And Lucifer wanted to be the center of all power, center of the universe. Satan wanted to be worshipped and magnified more than God. Billy Graham writes, Satan's ideology is based on the little word if, right? Just like in the Garden of Eden, you know, the devil said, surely if you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will not die. If. Through all time, Satan has sought to discredit God by making him out to be a liar in the eyes of man. He would never cease trying to discredit the claims of the word of God and to rob mankind of the strength and comfort of faith. The all-time tool of Lucifer is an if, but God declares there are no ifs, buts, and ands, and his program for salvation. God's plan is unalterable. God assures us that through the work of Jesus Christ and the labors of angelic deputies, we can look for the triumphant and victorious warfare over the armies of Lucifer. Because of his rebellion, Satan wants to distract us. He wants to distract us so that everything else becomes magnified except God. Satan wants us to be controlled by fear and worry and dread, by anger and rage and pride. But God is not thwarted. His mission is at work in the world today, making the impossible possible, making the unbelievable believable. He's breaking through the lies and he's redeeming and he's restoring each day. And in Christ, we are made new. In Christ, we are a new creation. So how? How do we magnify God? If we know that God is worthy to be magnified, how then do we live each day for him? Living each day for God means knowing the heart of God, knowing what he's about, becoming familiar with his character and the leading of his spirit. And how do you get to know anybody more intimately or personally and what they want, what they're like? It's by spending time with that person. Living each day for God means knowing more and more of God each day. Like Mary, 
For starts, we can dive deep into the rich truths of God's word. Like a merry heart, we can ponder as we spend time with the living word, as we spend time with God. We can listen. We can read the word. We can pray. We can listen for God again, listen for his voice, spend time with him, worship our God. This is how you begin to know more and more of God. How did Mary know that God is an advocate for the poor, the oppressed, which actually wasn't really talked about in those times. It was about power. Because in the scripture, in the Old Testament, you see themes of God fighting for the oppressed and the poor over and over again. That's how Mary knew. So as we begin to know more of God, you'll see that we begin to align ourselves more and more with the mission of God, with his plans and purposes in the world. We align ourselves more and more with the restoration and healing that God is doing in the world. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we find ourselves caring more and more about what God cares about. And we take risks for God, like a jumper that's tied to the bungee cord of God. And we see people through God's eyes made in his image. We become sensitive to the leading of his Holy Spirit. We look for the lost, for those stuck in the broken pavements of broken dreams. And we want to share more and more of the love of Jesus Christ. We become everyday missionaries. Our officers become the mission field. Our businesses, the mission field. The book clubs, the mission field. Maybe places where we shop for Christmas, the mission field. God is at work around us each day. And as we look around, we see, we see his redemptive work. There are everyday missionaries like Dr. Tim Older, who in our church quietly serves every weekend at the Institute of Human Services at the men's homeless shelter. Every week, he's there. And a couple weeks ago, 10 men were baptized in public declaration of their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior at the end of the Alpha course. Just yesterday, the youth and young adult ministries I think it was close to midnight. They spread out across the island in their Satanics project, delivering gifts to the houseless communities all throughout. Yesterday morning, First Press partnered with another nonprofit and church, Maka Alo'o, in serving 500 kapuna living in low-income senior housing in buildings in Kaka'ako. Today, we bring our canned goods to replenish the pantry at St. Mark Lutheran Church, to serve our hungry communities and share the love of Jesus Christ. And every week, we are hearing about good works at the pantry and at the food bank. And as we join one another on mission for God together, you see the kingdom of God breaking into this world. And there are no small acts. There are no small acts in the kingdom of God. Even when you leave a recorded prayer, a phone call for somebody, God just put on your heart. So often you hear that person go, you know what? That's exactly what I needed. That prayer, it came at the right time. Maybe it's an invitation that you can give to come alongside someone in Alpha next month. Say, hey, come just as you are. You want to know what God's all about? There's an Alpha course starting. Maybe it's an invite to one of the Christmas services. There's five of them. God is using everything 
to break in his kingdom and to reach the lost. As we magnify our Lord, we see more and more of his redemptive light and we wanna join into that. You may have noticed on your way in today, there was a table called Gifts of Love right next to the Alpha table. And this is the last week, actually today is the last day you'll see the physical table, although online you'll see Gifts of Love till December 26. Gifts of Love shares the love of God and hope in the world by partnering with mission partners all around the world, and 16 are highlighted in Gifts of Love. Now, I would have loved for today our missions team to come and share about every single one of them, but in our remaining short time, I'd like to share one. The Agape International Missions are aimed for short, and they're one of the recipients for Gifts of Love. I'll be showing a video in a little bit about their mission and cause, and the topic is trafficking, so I completely understand. Just want to let you know that if this topic is sensitive for some and you would like to be excused or excuse your young children, I completely understand. The first press missions trips to Cambodia, some of us had had the chance to personally meet Don and Bridget Brewster and the team who work for AIM and their efforts in Cambodia and the world. The Brewsters are the kindest, most dedicated couple, passionate about God's healing work and in the lives of the people that they are able to rescue. If you've never heard of AIM, Agape International Missions is a Christ-led nonprofit that exists to glorify God through our dedicated efforts to love, protect, and care for survivors of trafficking, as well as other vulnerable and exploited individuals. AIM's intention is that they may come to know their worth and value in Jesus Christ and develop a dependence on him and develop skills for a sustainable life. This video shares their cause and fight for freedom. We couldn't imagine the extent of the evil that allowed kids to be trafficked and sexually abused by men coming from all over the world. Yeah. How old is one? Yeah. How old? What's the youngest? Huh? The youngest. These girls needed to be rescued, but more than that, once rescued, they needed a safe place for healing, and that safe place had to include experiencing the love of Jesus Christ if those girls were going to heal. So we opened a restoration home, and those girls did experience the love of Christ, and they did find healing, but healing more than just for themselves, a healing that led them to be the protector of other kids. And it was working. Within months, our restoration home was full. But then my phone rang. A girl was calling who was trapped in a brothel and asked us, please come and rescue me. At that time, we didn't have a SWAT team, so we gave the information to another organization and we waited three days for that rescue to happen. On the day it was scheduled, it was tipped off and all those girls were taken to a different place now we didn't know where they were. One thing we knew is we could never let that happen again. So we partnered with the Cambodian government and started our own SWAT team. And when this partnership with the government started, everything turned around. Instead of raids being tipped off, there was hardly ever a raid that wasn't successful. But we go beyond the rescue. 
So when we rescue a girl, they don't have an education. Most of them, their parents sold them, so they can't go home. We're able to give them a safe home where they find healing, where they get a good education. And when they're ready to go back into society, we give them a good job. And together, those things will keep them from going back to that life they escaped. What's really cool is these young girls grow up, so many of them grow up to be abolitionists themselves. They don't leave AIM, they become a part of it. They work in our employment centers, in prevention, in our schools, on the SWAT team to rescue girls. And now that girl that made the phone call, she's not only rescued, she's not only healed, but today she's a social worker of our SWAT team. And when a rescue happens, the first person those girls see is her. So much incredible work has been done through the power of Christ, but there's still so much more to do. There are girls trapped in brothels. We know where they are and we know how to get them out. But we can't do it alone. We need your help. Donate monthly at any amount and become part of the village. Our tribe of monthly donors who are doing whatever it takes to free these girls. Together, we can defeat the greatest evil of our lifetime. I love the redemptive part of what Don shares in that story about those who are rescued then go out and rescue others and share the love of Jesus Christ. Now, this is just one of the organizations that work to break in the kingdom of God into our world. And at the Gives of Love table, you'll see local as well as global organizations. We do indeed serve a God who redeems and restores. We serve the God of miracles, miracles for today. And as we heard through the Brewsters, and as we heard through John Guild, and all the stories every week we've been hearing through the Advent season, God is bringing hope and healing into our world of need. He indeed is the true light of the world. God is the miracle worker. Jesus came to destroy the power of sin, to redeem what was lost, and to give us new life with him. Perhaps today, a step of faith closer to Jesus is the miracle for you. Perhaps today, you feel a bit distant, and that miracle is stepping a little bit closer to Jesus. And you say, maybe this God is real. And maybe if he comes into my heart, that I'm able to see this God that Mary's singing about. I want to magnify God more than anything else. If you believe that this is possible, if you believe that there could be a God who redeems and restores, an eternal God of unconditional love, then I invite you to take that step, that miracle step today. It's a simple prayer that you're gonna pray with me just echoed in your heart. It's not elaborate. It's a simple prayer of please, thank you, I'm sorry. And you just invite Jesus into your heart. And if you would like to take a step toward Jesus today, then please pray that with me. And there are those of you here maybe who have committed your life to Jesus a while back, 
But in this season, you find that you've drifted a bit from him, and you want to magnify God once again more than anything else that you're going through, and you want to magnify God and have him be at the center of your life. And if that's your heart, it's a simple prayer again of just rededicating your life to him. Jesus, come into my life. Let's bow our heads and pray this together. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the ways that I've drifted, the ways I've magnified everything else but you. Lord, I want to believe and take that step of faith toward you. I want to magnify you and make you right at the center of my heart, of my day. Will you come into my life and be at the center of all my relationships, of all my efforts? I give it all to you. Thank you for loving me unconditionally, for dying for my sins and bringing your healing into this world. I want to be a part of that redemptive work. Please come into my heart. Please guide me with the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. For those of you who would like to continue and pray, and maybe pray with someone from the prayer team, you can go out to the back eyes after the service. And if you're online, the request prayer button is always there. We would love to pray with you one-on-one. -on -one. As we close the service, please receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be gracious unto you. May his face turn towards you and give you peace. May we glorify and magnify our Lord through all our days. Precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Hope to see you at Christmas. Not just during Christmas, but all year round, each and every day. Choose to see God in your life. See what God is doing here and around the world and magnify Him. If you want to catch up on or re-listen to previous services, you can find past sermons on our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Press sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. In-person worship continues, and some ministries have resumed at church. There are two live services at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. If you'd like to participate, we ask that you sign up through the website on a weekly basis. Both services will be streamed live on the church websites. Once again, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. Sign up for First Pres emails where you can get links to sermons, daily devotionals, church news and updates, registration for in-person worship, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Pres can do for you, just reach out through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, Merry Christmas, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2021 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.